Welcome back gamers to another H&K video game experience. Special treat today, we're going to talk to Salty J about hustling in the magic game. Also how and where he is on that road to becoming a professional Magic the Gathering player. Had a lot of fun with this one. Enjoy. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another H&K Video Game Experience. I'm Hollywood Cole, here with Clearfire as always. What's up, Clear? What's going on, man? Not much, dude. Today, we got a very special guest on here. Salty J, the magic entrepreneur. He's out there uh, doing his thing with his uh, magic, the gathering, the card game. Um, we're going to get him on here. He was one of the best in the region at one time, and we're going to kind of get his story and where he's at now. He's got a podcast. He's supposed to be waiting on me. I told him I'd give him a call, so uh, we'll go ahead and give him this call real quick. Five, five, five. Let's see, see what his ringtone is here. Kind of sounds like a magic tournament. What's up, baby? It's your boy Salty J, aka Johnny Magic. <laughs> What's up, Salty? Good to have you, man. Good, man. I'm glad y'all had me on today. Oh yeah, dude. You're welcome. I knew yeah. as soon as I saw that uh, you had dropped that Salty J. I said, oh, I gotta check this out. And yeah, man. Let me know about uh, what's going on here. So, well, you know why I'm Salty J. Paige came up. My wife Paige came up with it. Hey, she did. Where'd it come from? <laughs> yeah. So. I've been playing Magic. I'm back in, in action after like a four-year break, right? So MTG Arena came out, which is computer platform. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, I'm in on this. This is easy. I got a kid now. I got one on the way. I can actually play Magic in my kitchen or my setup set. You know, I don't got to go yeah. out, out and do it. And so she saw me getting so mad and so salty about <laughs> some, some of the stuff that was going on with the game with me losing, man. And we were trying to come up with the name for the uh, Twitch channel, and she's like, you're just Salty J. And I was like, okay, <laughs> I guess I am. I guess I am Salty J. So, I mean, I can't deny it, man. I'm super competitive, you know. Your so logo is cool, losing. too, man. Where'd you get that logo for your channel? <laughs> man, Um, is it Fiverr? I think it's yeah, called. Yeah, they did that. Yeah, bro. Did you yeah, send him a so, picture or something? It looks like yes, it. Yes, yeah. So I sent him a picture and just told the dude kind of what I was looking for. Was it $5? And, um, man, no, it was like 20 <laughs> Yeah. That's not, oh, a, that's, that's, not a, that's not a $5 job. That's not a $20 job either. No, man. Like, if if, if I would have went somewhere local, dude, like, I got like 800 bucks. somebody told me they were oh, yeah, for. Stupid. Something like that. So I got yeah, a guy Fiverr. that does I go get, get it all done at Fiverr. Cool. Um, so... Before uh, we're going to get into some news a little bit here, it's kind of something I want to talk about. And then we're going to talk about uh, Salty J's story. Uh, if you don't know anything about Magic the Gathering, you're not alone. I do not. So I'm going to have a lot of questions. Clear knows a little bit about it. Uh, obviously, Salty knows a lot about it. I've listened to the podcast and I'm just like, dude, I have no idea what you're talking about. It sounds awesome. It sounds in depth. It makes me very curious. And I got a little story that uh, I kind of want to bring up and see your I mean, just kind of some questions. I mean, just like everybody else would have. So if you got questions, I'm sure I will have that question. And hopefully I will ask that question and you will get your answer from Salty. But before we get into that, did you have any news clear or no? So, I mean, I don't really have any news. Um, I've been a little stale on news uh, news this uh, this month, so, guys, so sorry on that. Um, the only thing really that's hitting news right now is um, the PlayStation 5 
Xbox Two, I guess that's what they're gonna call it. Uh, who knows what they're gonna call it? Um, they're starting to drop a little little teasers here and there, um, some trickle down about the specs of it. I'm gonna talk a little bit more about that in my E3 coverage uh, podcast. I'm gonna recover uh, record here in the next couple of days. I've got my outline finally listed out of what I wanted, all of what I wanted to cover. So I'll have that out for y'all. But um, yeah, that's really about the only thing that's really trickling in news right now is to seeing that there's nothing just really just major in gaming. Everything's just kind of Falling down after E3, um, just on the bad news side of things, E3 is just had terrible attendance this year, and, and that's in part to Sony not being there. And I'll also cover a little bit of that in my E3 coverage podcast. But for the most part, no, been laying low, playing a little Mario Maker. Looking forward to playing the board that Hollywood threw out on the <laughs> threw out there and see how it is. I hadn't played it yet. I think you'll so be pleasantly surprised. And, I, and I'm and I'm and I'm creating one in my head. I think I've got everything I've designed out what I want for Hollywood. It's going to be my first challenge board for Hollywood, and we're going to start. And I'm going to throw out just the gauntlet for Hollywood and see if he can beat my challenge boards. <laughs> That's cool. My son dropped one too. I just let him make one, and I was going to kind of go fine tune it. And I said, you know what? No, let him let a little seven year old make it. It might be like the best thing ever. You know, he just thinks of nothing but <laughs> cool kid stuff. So could very well. Do be. you got a switch, salty? I do get a Switch, man. Uh, I had to get one. I'm an old school like Nintendo guy. Yeah. Um, but I've like when PS One hit, like I've been PlayStation throughout, and so this PS Five news is kind of exciting for me because it seems like it's just going to be one of those super powered like gaming laptop type deals. Yeah. It's gonna be it's gonna be pretty close to it. It's 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 they're even talking about doing ray tracing technology in it, which is what the brand new graphics cards are coming out. If you follow graphics cards, the yep. you got the GTX ones and now they're the RTX. The RTX are the ray tracing ones and they're supposed to do even better graphics as far as uh, line of sight, when you look at uh, grass, all kinds of stuff like that. It's supposed to, the effects and everything are supposed to look more clear and everything like that. And they're talking about on the PS5, just so we can have that exciting bit there. Um, actually, uncapped frame rates. You can actually, the publisher mm-hmm. will be able to do it at their frame rates that they want to. So that's going to be a really awesome thing then I read, we do get, get those. I read something, too, about there's going to be, like, no loading screens. Are they trying um, to do something so like that? They're, they're trying be, to work but... on that. Real uh, they're quick. trying to work on that. They're they're trying to get it as minimal as possible. Um, the one issue there is, you know, you start looking at having to do the streaming style games at that point to try to beat those loading screens, and yeah. that's just that that's a disruption to the uh, gaming community, in my opinion. It is. So. Uh, the, the thing I, I'll say it again. I said it on the um, PlayStation Five with Weed Doc, and it got kind of cut up a little bit. Uh, my pop filter was not working that day. And uh, so you couldn't really tell the number that I said. So I'll go ahead and give that statistic again. They give a demonstration at E3 where they loaded, uh, they were playing Spider-Man and a loading screen was 15 seconds on the PlayStation 4. They put it on the PlayStation 5. It was 0.08 seconds. So uh, that quick, nope, it was either 0.8 seconds or 0.08, whatever. You get it's less than a second. So um, that's the speed that you're talking about and the power you're talking about. Uh, for those things so i had my buddy build me a computer whenever i started doing this man i came from controller gaming my whole life and just seeing the difference like because my setup i mean it's pretty pretty big penny for it but i wanted something that would last me for a long time and it's just night and day what i just can't oh yeah as far as graphics and all that stuff i'm just horrible at keyboard gaming so what are you (laughs) playing on it Man, I've tried to do like I've tried to do the Fortnite thing. I've tried to do the Apex thing. I've tried to do all that kind of stuff, and I'm just horrible. I'm horrible. Oh gosh, yeah, that's, uh, that's hard I, to I know play you feel at first. It. I've I've been trying to play a little bit of Spellbreak because for um for my birthday this year I got a new MSI laptop, so I've got a nice uh I got the GP sixty three Leopard, so I got a really nice gaming laptop here. Wanted to do that so I could uh, do more mo- mobile editing of the podcast and all that. And I was like, hey, if I'm gonna do this, why don't I get something that's got some horsepower? Yeah, and I've been playing I've been playing Spellbreak on it, and I think I'm I think this might be the since Microsoft released the fact that they're gonna have a gamers pass that'll actually cross over into like the pc so if you didn't have an xbox if you had a pc you can still play xbox games mm-hmm. i might do that to try to bridge the gap and they even said that uh, you'll be able to play with xbox players on that so cool. i might do that to bridge the ga- gap so i don't actually get into xbox but that way i can still play some of those games because they do have some good exclusives yeah i mean red dead redemption 3 or 2 was the uh, last game that i got to play man and i really enjoyed it mm-hmm. well i'll tell you this so after the Witcher 3 podcast that me and uh, Clear and, and Weed Doc did, 
I kind of got back into it. And that's all I've been playing, dude. I get on the golf club to do a tournament, and then I get back on Witcher 3. And um, that is a phenomenal game. I was talking to, to Coach, because um, I know he had mentioned it before, that he played it, because he was talking about the expansions. But I just had to double check. Dude, did you play Witcher 3? Anyway, he said that, yeah, he even went and bought a whole new graphics card, the most powerful thing, just to get the you know, the full effect of the way it looks. And it looks great on PlayStation. I can't imagine what it looks like on a high-powered, you know, top-of-the-line computer. Oh, yeah, it's crazy, man. So it's crazy. It's a big change. Do you play RPGs, Salty? Yeah, yeah, man. I actually, I enjoy them. Uh, my brother was actually playing Witcher 3. I didn't get a chance to try that out yet. Like I said, I, the last game that I did play was Red Dead Redemption yeah. 2. And like I even had Paige watching it. It was like watching a movie, man. It was just so good. It was one of the better games that I've played yeah. like, in I, my I, whole life. I, I, I laugh because that's the same thing I say about when uh, me and Hollywood were growing up. Is, uh, me like watching a movie when he was playing them. So I'd yeah. sit there and he'd play them and I'd, I, I, basically it's like a movie for me. Dude, I, I Witcher love it, man. Three is still love gaming. Coach was saying that Christy, his girlfriend, just would sit there and watch it because it's. It, I mean, they got the Netflix coming out with it. You know, when does that come out? When's the Netflix show come out? November. God, I've seen pictures of it, and they didn't make. They did not make Geralt look salty enough. <laughs> no, he, look, he, he, well, he, he, look, he looks fresh he looks yeah, like he's, he's like, just starting out so it so might be yeah, something that's, that's not it might not be the witcher 3 it might be further it might be more toward the beginning well he had silver hair have, though but it does have, yeah exactly and he does have siri in it and it does have uh yennefer in it so so it could be some kind well, of yennefer, reimagining of three yeah siri's the big so yennefer was the first his first girlfriend and then I think he lost his memory or something and got Triss. Anyway, whatever. Uh, now Witcher 3 got his memory back and you get to kind of pick. Oh, it's a great guy. I love that. That's my, I'll go as far as to say this. On the record, that is my new favorite game of all time. Over Final Fantasy oh, 6. Wow. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yep. Seriously. That's, See, I, I, I believe like, that's one of the greatest games I've ever made. Like Dino Crisis back in the day and Siphon oh, Filter, gosh. stuff like that, <laughs> man. Like I'm still, I would go get those old games. There's a game store here called Dusty's Oldies and Goodies. Did it survive the hurricane? No, nah, man. I think it got tore up, unfortunately. But yeah. like, you go there and just get old school stuff all the time. Like I'm, like I'm a nerd, man. I'll go get like the old like Pokemon Red, yeah, stuff like that, Pokemon mm, yeah. Blue, and just get that on the old Game Boy. Well, there's not a retro game store here now. There was that other one down Business 98 that I used to love going to, and she just closed down shop. I'm sure she got a fat insurance check and was like, "I'm done." Yeah, I mean, you can't it's replace that stuff, man. Yeah. So when the H and K Gamers Lounge opens up here on Panama City Beach, there you go. We'll have a new one. So uh, I wanted to say this. This is in the news. This is kind of blowing up on Twitter here, and everybody knows how I feel about Twitter. Um, before I before I get into it, I was kind of not necessarily getting back in Twitter. I still haven't really cheated, uh, tweeted anything, but I put out a couple of surveys. That's kind of my fun thing to do, and I just put out one. That said, do you watch the ads? And I'll ask you two guys, do you watch the ads of YouTube creators, content creators that you like? Or do you just skip them? Like Metal Jesus rocks. Like a little 15 second ad. Sometimes I'm like, yeah, I'll watch it, man. Let him get a view, get him some money. Or do you well, just not even think about it? I think sometimes it forces you to watch them. Like, I well, don't yeah, think but I'm saying them. if you can skip it, do you try to but give like, him some money? It depends. Uh, like if I like if I somebody, skip it, I skip it. Yeah. yeah. No, it's just, People just don't think about it. And that's yeah, probably. I, I, I skip them like that most of the time, too. So I put the survey out and let's see how many people have responded. Yep. Just like two. I thought. Oh, no, no, but nobody. Oh, Not man. two. Okay. And so no, nobody responded. Okay. So I've had other. No, and that's still going on, by the way. So, man, y'all guys get on there and respond, you know. <laughs> but uh, but nobody's responded because YouTube has. Because uh, uh, Twitter has blocked it. They have deemed this not Twitter worthy. And the reason I say that because it's feast or famine, man, because right down the line, let's see how far down the line that was. June 8th, I put out, uh, I said, I finally bought Splatoon 2 defaults to motion control. Does anybody actually prefer motion controls to any game in any game over traditional? 55% said yes. 45% said no. You know how many people said that? Don't look. Don't look at it. You know how many people uh, responded to that one? Guess. 
Oh, I'm sorry. My Twitter is now saying that I don't have a Twitter anymore. Uh, they kicked you out because they knew you were associated with Hollywood Cole. Yeah. What is it? Uh, what is uh? What do you? How many people do you think responded to that? Motion controls. Hey, one. Let's get into the podcast here. One. <laughs> what about you, Salt? Do you think? I'll say below th- five. No, one hundred and eleven. Oh wow! Wow. Yeah, dude. That's pretty good. One hundred and eleven. Where? Man. What happened? I've had like twenty-two people respond it's nothing in between there right it's either all or nothing anyway that's just kind of an interesting thing i've always kind of said twitter and they got to man i mean and i don't want to get into all this but net neutrality what does that actually mean it means that now comcast or whoever is hosting their internet who is managing their broad uh, their bandwidth can now charge more to anybody that uses more bandwidth. That's why when the net neutrality went through, that's why your Netflix went up because Netflix takes up 80% of all bandwidth. Exactly. And so I've been trying to tell everybody. Yeah. And so it's not fair to Comcast. I mean, I get it, but anyway, I'm not a back in Comcast. Trust me. But all I'm saying is Twitter is going to be the same thing. So they're going to look at somebody's tweet and go, and it depends on who you got that day, you know? And so anyway, um, I was looking on there the other day. What? I was going to say, well, our president takes up a lot of the bandwidth on Twitter, which is fine. <laughs> takes, up yeah, but, all the, takes up almost all the bandwidth yeah. on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah, they, Although he's been pretty quiet. Well, they, he's been pretty quiet lately. Yeah, yeah well, they can't and shadow ban the president. I got a follow-on because I started doing some of this uh, stock option stuff, man. So I'm like, I'm sitting there like watching <laughs> stocks go, and I'm just waiting for tweets going out. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, I followed Trump, and then I followed uh, James Wood. And I got that's when my people stopped responding. <laughs> then I got <laughs> then I got kicked off like clear. Oh yeah. And then I yeah. came back on, and they forgot about it. And that's when I got started getting all these. I put something about Sonic the Hedgehog. Everybody was responding and all this. And then okay, wait, wait, wait. This is that guy, you know. <laughs> then they, whatever. I mean, yeah. But, I knew I was in trouble when I signed up and I put under my description Christian husband father. Oh yeah, you're. Oh yeah, yeah you done. Yeah, I was. You're I was done. done. I was. They don't need I, that I, hate. Yeah. I was on the list. <laughs> so okay. so anyway, this girl said, and so we're all kind of the same age here. And we were all probably, I mean, I was in out of college when Facebook finally went to where it was, you could do it if you were not in college, you know, it went for everybody because it used to be colleges only. And uh, they had MySpace, they had all this. So social media just kind of started to come out. I'm like 23 years old, 24 years old when it started getting serious. And I know that you guys are right around that same age. So this is what... just keep that MySpace. In, yeah, keep that in mind yes. when I tell you this story. So there is a girl now on Instagram that you might have heard of. I, mean, I don't remember her name, but she's selling her bath water for <laughs> $30 a little, two, a little thing, a little baby bottle full, right? And so Twitter's all up and oh, you know, I've lost touch with the culture of America. I've, you know, who, who buys this stuff? Who is this girl that is? And if you look at her um, Instagram, right, she's like has little cat ears, and she's a, a real life anime character. That's what she's portraying, and she's selling sex. I mean, just be honest, that's what she's selling on the thing. All right, well, I bring up how old we were when social media came out is because nowadays everybody thinks you get on a social media account and you represent yourself. Social media is a big joke to us. We yeah. got on there and th- said stupid stuff and posted dumb stuff. When does this not represent who I am now? If you do an interview nowadays, they go check your social media account for a job to see who you are. Oh, yeah. like, that doesn't represent me. That's just my fun account. I got a Hollywood Cole Twitter that no- nobody on there besides uh, clear and maybe two other dudes know me, you know, <laughs> it's not me. And so this girl is just playing a character and letting it out, getting into the bathwater and the sexuality and all that. That's a whole different thing. But all my point is people are up and up in arms. Like how can somebody I've lost touch with who people are? No, this is, she's selling something. So she's selling an image. Nobody thinks mm-hmm. that, that she's a really an anime well, character type of thing. Well, I want to hit up on a good point that you bring out, you know, one, social media, like you said, is pretty much a, a place for you to be someone you're not. Because I'm sorry, yes. most of the stuff anybody says on social media, they don't they don't ever say in public. I mean, except for you know some crazy stuff that comes out of my mouth, because I pretty much say whatever I'm thinking. But, um, 
you know, most of the time on social media, you, you, you are someone different. You're playing a character. You're playing a role. It's given everybody an outlet to actually play something they want to be in real life, but they can't be. And then, two, the thing, the thing that Hollywood brought up, a point that just drives me nuts, is why is a job checking my social media account to see if I'm a worthy candidate? You want to see I'm a worthy candidate? Go check out my LinkedIn profile. That tells you all my accomplishments and everything I've done that's worthy for you. You don't need to know if I go out and drink every night if I want to. That's my business. That's my priority. That's not showing any bad thing for your company. You know what's showing good for your company? All the stuff I say about you on LinkedIn. That's where companies go to look for that stuff. Most companies don't do anything like that on on social media like Facebook. Most of them backed off. So, I mean, it's just it's ridiculous that they scour you looking for something bad just to say we don't want to hire you. Hence why we have so many job openings and so many people unemployed because it's just like we got plenty of jobs and plenty of people that can do them. But, oh, wait, you drank a beer in 2007. You pushed it on social media. We don't want you on there. <laughs> Doing keg stands. Well, I mean, I saw I, mean, I got interviewed one time for a sales position. I did sales for over a decade. And somebody looked at my Facebook account and they basically told me that the reason they looked at it was see how many friends that I had. <laughs> they wanted to see how many friends I had on there if I was sociable or not. But going back to your Twitter thing, man, like I tell people all the time, there is no better time in history than now to be an entrepreneur. No, no. She's yeah. selling her bath. She's selling her bath water for thirty bucks, bro. Yeah. And they, mean, and she has this, a Patreon. Let me just. She has a Patreon that it's like a dollar for something. You get something. And, and she's probably selling out of it. That's oh, the bad thing. And then she's got a thirty dollar yeah. for her, you know, other little level and her. And this is a per month. Yeah. And her God yeah. level is $2,400 a month. And it didn't even tell you what you get. I can only imagine. Um, but somebody's out there paying well, the, the that The sad money. thing is, is people are paying that. They're paying that $2,400 a month. Dude, there's guys, there's guys on Twitch that they have a Twitch channel, and all they do is sleep on their couch. They have a vid- they have a camera watching them <laughs> yes, sleep. I've seen that. And people watch it, bro. They got subscribers. They get paid by doing that. And they're that. making money doing that. They're making, making money. more money than I'm making. And I'm making a professional. Money. Making That's money. It's ridiculous. So, yeah, man. Yeah, go go make that money, dude. Twitch anything. <laughs> There's people that just live life and carry their phone and record it. And then they go can pay $5. Dinners. Yeah, and make the, it makes the phone talk or something like that if you give them five bucks. Yeah. And so they're just like, oh, oh I mean, it's crazy, dude. But, you know. But I had to, uh, I owned a restaurant, which y'all are just now knowing. But I sold it. And whenever I became a restaurant owner and I've been in the community for so long here, man, I had to set start setting my Facebook to private. Because oh, really? I started getting like messages out the woodworks. I started like, and people, if I said anything, they took it out of context. Like, what what like, are you talking about? What kind of messages? Like people it. just like thinking they could open up a restaurant wanting help now, or like if they oh, could get jobs, or they could do this, or they could do that, or like I can't believe you said that. And on I'm Facebook like, or whatever. Yeah, and I'm like, I've been saying this stuff for years. Like I haven't changed. I'm still Jesse, you know. And um, it just got to a point where I was like, it's going to private. If I want you to see it, you'll be able to see it. If not, then it is what it is. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I can imagine, dude. Uh, that's, um, that's yeah, that's insane. <clears throat> well, all right. Well, anyway, dude, let's get in. Let's get into what we're here for. Uh, the magic. So let me give you a little bit of uh, history on Salty J. Real name Jesse Green. So you guys can look for that name at the magic tournaments. Look for it on uh, the internet or whatever when it uh, when he starts doing good. So he was a, a local, uh, well, regional champion. What you win, like six tournament, magic tournaments in a row out of like hundreds of people? <laughs> Man, I actually did, uh, back in the day, probably looking at like the early 2000s or so, I had a team here focused out of Panama City, and we traveled from like Atlanta to Fort Walton Beach to Pensacola and played IQs, uh, Open, stuff like that, bigger tournaments. Um, and I actually ended up getting second like four times. So (laughs) I didn't, I didn't get that win, but, uh, I was back then probably one of the better players in the area. Um, and then the team that we had, we had winners on it and then multiple, you really look for a top eight in a tournament. If you can get top eight, that's what you're shooting for. And if you win it, you win it. But top eight is really what you're looking for. Why is it eight instead of like top 10? It's just, <laughs> it's just always been top eight. That's how okay. it goes in, in magic tournament. So if you got a bigger tournament, say that I'm going to an open, which is a bigger tournament in Atlanta, 
um, or a GP, a grand, let's say a Grand Prix, which is even a bigger tournament. Um, you, it's a two-day event. So you want to get in. Your first goal is to day two. If you can day two, then you're looking at the top 64. The top 64 gets paid. That's why you're looking for really? that. So if you can get top 64, nice. you get paid. And then if you go top eight, that's whenever you start making more money. But it, you start picking up sponsorship, stuff like that, when you start top eighting events. And, and, the tournament and start pays you events. for 64? Yeah, yeah. So pays how much you. does and a 64 like, guy get? A uh, 64 guy, you're looking at a couple hundred bucks. That's I mean, not it's not bad, much. Man. Um, so it cost but, cost to enter it. It's like a poker game. You pay a buy in. Yeah, you'll pay like thirty five bucks, fifty bucks, depending on the tournament. If it's a bigger one, nice. But like the uh, the mythic championship just happened, um, and I actually beat the guy online who got second in this thing while I was oh, streaming wow. the other night. Um, he the first place winner got a hundred thousand. Jeez! Oh wow! So it's becoming oh, an esports and so that's they really why. And it's not it's not about the money for me, but I felt like back when I was playing in the early 2000s that I had what it took to go on the pro tour and I had multiple people coming up to me telling me, Hey, if you had time to dedicate in this thing, man, you could do it. And so now that my schedule's freed up after selling the restaurant and I'm doing some like real estate investments and stuff like that. Now it was time for me to say, okay, if I'm going to do it, let's, let's do it. And let's see how it goes, especially with this online platform. Now it makes it a lot easier. So yeah, you got, you were, you were doing your thing, decided to go pro, Got that old man life caught up with you, marriage, kids, old man life, man. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah. and now, Job. now, now you're you're decided. You know, once you kind of get that leveled out, so to speak, uh, going to jump back into it. And so you started a podcast to kind of yep. is a podcast yep. trying is is it kind of like kind of well, I've so lost my words here, but it's magic based. Um, yeah, but it's trying to record some, kind of your journey along the way. Yeah, it's going to kind of record our, and it's actually me and my buddy Jimmy Smith, who um, he's actually top eight in multiple opens. Very good player. Um, he wow. tells me that I that I'm the guy who taught him how to play at a certain level, but he got to a point where he's probably better than me, man. Once I stopped playing and all that, he's a very good player. Multiple formats. So Magic has different formats that are played, so you can play with different cards. Like if you have your cards that you were talking about earlier that are older, there is a format you can still play those. The yeah, main I saw that. One, I was very excited. Yeah, about the that. main <laughs> one's the main one's standard though, um, which we're in now, and that's what you play online. But uh, Jimmy's a really good player, and it's kind of just recording our journey of us traveling because we just got done traveling to Mobile. We just got done traveling to Pensacola. We're actually going to Vegas. Jimmy just got back from Dallas this week, so we're traveling, and we're trying to make this thing happen, man. So Nice. Online. So the, the Okay, so my thoughts about somebody that knows nothing about magic, I was at Target literally about three hours ago, and I went to this. My son loves Pokemon cards, so he gets all those, and there's mm-hmm. magic stuff. And I almost looked it up to try to get a grip on this for this podcast, but I didn't want to because I wanted to have the questions. I mean, you just go buy. I mean, if I wanted to get into it, I just go buy random decks and then hope I can make a deck out of it. Or so if you were just now, if you, if you wanted to play tomorrow and you're coming to me and you're saying, how do I get into this game? Which, by the way, Magic the Gathering is the number one trading card game in the world. Wow. Period. Sales wise, yeah. everything. I would it tell is. you to go to a store and go pick up what's called a starter deck. Yep, I saw one and of those, a, a big a box. A starter deck is going to be something that gives you the rules. It gives you a 60-card deck that you can play with, and it's not overly powerful. You can't go take this thing to a tournament and expect to get super good results. But it's going to give you the basics and the concept of the game. Another way to learn is something that happened this weekend. A new set came out called M20, and it's a core, what they call a core set. So you get some of your older cards that's mixed in with newer cards. It's really cool. Um, you go to a game shop, which the local one here is Arena Comics, and you sign up for a pre-release event. And so this gives you an opportunity to look at new cars that just happened. And it's not a very competitive tournament, but it's still a tournament, and they teach you how to play. And they actually have days now at these stores that players like me are that's been playing a long time or somebody who's picked up the shop owner, they actually have these events where new players like you would come and we teach you the elements of the game. Um, so a pre-release weekend would be something fun that you could go do, um, not be overly competitive, not stress out about it. Cause everybody, every time you start new games, man, you get nervous, 
You know, what are these people thinking about me? Um, I don't know what's going on. I'm playing against this guy who's been playing for 20 years. It's intimidating. I mean, it really is. Yeah. And so I, I would say go do that and, and go to a fun environment and, and watch YouTube videos too, man. I mean, everything's out there now, so just watch it. So these powerful cards, I mean, you said I'm not going to have anything overly powerful. How do you get a power? I know you can go on eBay, I'm sure, and just pick random cards. But if can I just go to Target and get lucky in one of these random decks? I'm like, oh, this one has... You know, some super yeah, card. Yeah, so in. you would want to buy booster packs then for can that. I, That's a booster you, pack. Can I tell you one of my experiences real quick? Sure. Yeah. So when I first started in it, it was about the time of when it was in the uh, mid nineties. Ninety five was when the game started, and I actually started right like right about right around then playing it. And so um, it was. Um, I started playing after the first set dropped, and I started playing in what's called Ice Age. And um, one of the first decks I got, one of the first uh, starter decks I got, it you know it had white with the blue trim in it, really nice looking <laughs> box. I was like, oh man, it's so cool! I can remember, I can see that box so vividly in my face. I open it up and I'm at it, it's actually with one of the choir concert or choir contests we did because it's in choir throughout all high school. And so um, in there, actually David Black was there, one of our guys we talked about <laughs> a couple of times. He was there. He was telling me about about all the cool cards you can get in it. So I open it up and I'm starting to look through it. My first two three cards. I'm like, okay, just basic lands. And all of a sudden, I see this card. And it has a big, huge honking dragon on it. And I'm like, Gotta oh, my God, good. what is this card? Yeah. And I go over to David. I go, dude, what's this card? Because I haven't even played Magic yet. I've just, you know, this is my first set of deck. He goes, he looks at me. He gets the most pissed off look ever on his face. He says, <laughs> you got an Elder Dragon in your very first starter deck. Yeah. And that's how I started my whole Elder, uh, my whole, um, Elder Dragon collection. I've got an Elder Dragon deck i hope i still have all those cars i can't remember but you know that 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 started me into the uh, into the hole but yeah i mean that's how i got my first powerful card was in my <laughs> very first starter deck box and if you and play so rpgs really awesome. you know elder dragons are awesome I mean, the best thing my you can first get. pokemon pack was a full charizard oh my gosh <laughs> the first pack i ever opened man and so I've, I've been doing trading card games my whole life man that's how i started was in pokemon and then i got into magic because pokemon just wasn't is competitive. I, I grew up playing sports all my life, and so I had to have something that was more competitive. Especially mm-hmm. Magic, man, is they just did a statistic on Magic, and they say it's the most complex game to play. Yeah, so reading it, it's just it's crazy how complex it is. Um, my buddy that um, I actually went out and saw uh, his uh, well, I graduated high school with his wife, but they were actually in town this weekend or this week, and I got to see them. And he's actually teaching his daughter to play Magic and doing it through the phone and online gaming and everything. And he's like, man, dude, it's the best way for me to teach her complex math. Yep. Because it, 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 magic has so, is so based in math. And you don't realize it when you're playing the game that you have to look. You're having to count your cards, count your mana, count everything to make sure everything Power, lines up. Toughness, so you can Exactly. Everything. So you can get everything laid out just right. So you can do your attack. You're, you're looking at the other person and saying, okay, you've got a base attack of this. You've got, you know... Um, damage reducer of this. You, you're, you're always counting all these different things, and it, it, I was like, "That's a brilliant way to teach a kid how to do math." I'm so I'm like thinking, well, and reading man, this comprehension, reading exactly. comprehension, man. Like I can't. Magic means a lot to me, man, because uh, I had kind of a troubled uh, middle school years, especially, but childhood, and I could have went a lot of places on Friday and Saturday night and got in trouble as a kid. And there was a comic shop that opened up and I, my brothers and I, my cousins, we all grew up playing card games and we went up there and it just made us where we had something to do on those weekend nights, man. We would stay to these tournaments. They'd start at seven. You wouldn't get out to like three o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, mean, that's what kept, that's what kept me and my buddy Steven. It kept us out of a lot of trouble because we'd go over to his house. We start playing magic. The next thing you know, we look around, it's one in the morning. Yep. And it's like, and you wouldn't even know who plays magic man like you you would be around people and if you start talking this is what's cool about the game you start talking about magic to random people oh dude you play yeah yeah, i've had that and and you you wouldn't even realize that they play (laughs) it's crazy because i didn't even think my friend daniel played it was just like you played oh wow you know and he's a gamer but i just didn't think you played magic because that just I mean, at the time when I was playing, it's like, oh, you've got to be some crazy level geek to yeah. play that game. Well, I and mean, I was the jock in high school. You know, I was the captain of the basketball team. Yes, yeah, so, I never thought you played it. So I would, I would go and lunch. Lunch time would happen, and there'd be these kids at the lunch table playing magic. And so I would walk up to them like, "Hey, what's going on, guys? 
oh, cool, you got that car, and I start naming cars, they'd look at me like I was crazy. Like, this guy's wearing, you know, his basketball stuff going on, and he's talking about magic, but um, <laughs> that's what I love about the game, man. It's every type of person, all mm-hmm. walks of life, that play this game. Yeah, and just just to add to that, um, just reading here, um, Magic has approximately 20 million players as of 2015. So that lets you know how big of a game it is. I mean, it's just it's it's wild how big this game is. And I didn't realize it's gotten that big. Yeah, and it's getting better, man. It's getting bigger and better. Well, it's like you said, 95, and it's still going on, man. It's amazing. And so, listening to your podcast, Salty, I've, I've you know, I've heard you and uh, your buddy on there talk about. I'm a Phoenix. I like the Phoenix. I like, uh, you know, whatever. I don't. I can't. But these different decks. I mean, can you name like a couple of different? I mean, what is that? Different rule sets, or is it different? So decks? they're different. We call them archetypes. And so, like, there's different ways that you can play this game. The object of the game, essentially, and there's other ways to win. But you all, you both start out with 20 life. And so you try to get your opponent's life total down to zero before yours gets down to zero. There is there is other ways to win the game, but I won't go in that route just because it's a little complex. Status um, effects. Yeah, like if you uh, mill your whole deck out where you don't have any more cards to draw, you lose. Oh, okay. uh, you can get some infect damage, which is poison that you could get. Yeah. Like you get them down faster, but essentially twenty to zero. Okay. And so if you want to be a player that's super fast and you know, wants to try to kill the opponent quick, that's called aggro. And so you might be a mono red player that's got these a bunch of little goblins and some burn spells that does direct damage to your opponent. Um, then if you're a control player, so to speak, that you want the game to go slower and you want to just basically control everything that's happening on the battlefield. Um, yes, you got to take that initial blow from that person. But then once it gets settled out, you're in control of the game. You can go that route. And then there's one of my personal favorites is I like mid-range decks. And so it gives you a a game plan where you can switch gears a little bit, where if I'm playing against the control guy, I can make my deck go more aggro-y, where it's faster, that puts pressure on them. If I'm playing against the aggro person, then I can make it where I'm the control person. And so there's a lot of, uh, basically in every matchup, because it's the best two out of three is how you play it. So you have a 60-card main deck, and then after game one, you have a 15-card sideboard. And so out of these 15 cards, I might have like four or five cards that are super good against the matchup that I'm playing against, and I bring those cards in. Now, getting those cards are not automatic. This is a game that's basically like chess and poker mixed into one. And so there is variance in the game, and so I have a deck that I draw a card. Unless I have effects, I draw one card each turn. And so you got to kind of get lucky to get those cards, but you got to have a game plan to do it. I mean, somebody um, mix them up for you, like the ref or something. You have to sh- no, you have to shuffle them, and then you present them to your opponent, and then they get to shuffle your deck and then hand it back to you. Okay. Um, but those essentially are going to be your three main archetypes. It's going to be aggro, mid range, and control. Okay. And so when he's saying Phoenix, um, that's a style. Yeah, that's a style, or that's like that might be a main card in that deck. So okay. like Art Like Phoenix is a card that's seeing both standard play, which is the uh, MTG Arena, which I play. It's also seeing modern play right now, which is another huge format that has a uh, a lot of games played. Like there's an IQ, big tournaments are played in modern, and that's going to be some of your older cards mixed in with newer cards. Um, that might just be a name of a deck or, or, or a name of the main card in the deck. Yeah. So like, because so like for, for, for me, I had an Elder Dragon deck. And then also, too, because um, I'm looking back here just trying to remember because, like I said, it's been so long. Um, I remember hearing Rack Control and then Vice decks. And I remember having a Rack and Vice deck. And basically, the cards there, if I'm not mistaken, Rack and Vice basically make you keep to where you can only have so many cards in your hand. If you get one over, you start losing life. And if you get one under, you start losing life. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's a way you can control the other player as well. So that falls into that control deck style. Yeah, because you, as a Magic player, you want to draw as many cards as you can. Because then you're going to see as many cards out of your deck that's going to give you the best chance to win. So if you start controlling their draw steps or how many limiting the cards they can have in their hand, it's going to be a huge advantage to you. I remember, yeah, I remember those decks that were just ugly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a deck right now called Nexus of Fate, right? Mm. And so this card is a card that we've talked about on the podcast for so long, but it's a card that I believe that Wizards should have never printed. Wizards of the Coast is the company that makes magic. This card allows you to take an extra turn 
It also oh. goes back into your library. So they can shuffle and draw more cards. And so the deck is just taking infinite turns on you all the time mm. and before they get their win con. So you got to sit there for 10 to 15, 20 minutes and you don't, as a player, you don't get to do anything. You just watch them do what they do. <laughs> and so it's not, it's not interactive and I hate that kind of magic and I wish they would have never printed it, but yeah. that's, that's another topic for another day. So they don't but, obviously put, I've heard you guys talking about it. There's a list of banned cards. Yeah. So they don't put uh, a lot of, you know, I don't know, like, like an RPG, like video game wise or a shooter or whatever. They try to level out, you know, some OP gun or whatever. Or yep. if you're doing a like a um, like a World of Warcraft, all of the classes, you know, ha- are kind of comparable, but in different ways. So magic, the guys that make it, they're just throwing stuff out there. And if they turn out that the, the community is like, hey, no, that that card we don't like, they'll ban it or whatever. No, um, they try to do the same thing. They want to have a healthy meta, what they call a meta. They want to have the aggro player. If Marcus wants to play aggro, they want him to do, be able to do that. If Jesse wants to play mid range, then they want, you know, them yeah. to do that as well. And they want to have the, the control spectrum uh, spectrum. And they, they actually play test these sets for years before they even release them, man. Oh, wow. It's called, it's called future sets. And so they have a team there of like really good magic players that form these big groups and they, they uh, work with concept design teams and all this other stuff. And they play these sets out before they even hit like years before they hit paper. Um, and they try to predict how the meta is going to play out. That way, if one archetype is too strong, they can print something in future sets that can level it out some. Um, now, they don't catch everything. That's the problem. I mean, they they just released a brand new set for Modern. The first set that was only Modern legal, and it was a big deal in the Magic community. Um, when they did that, they created a deck that's been way too powerful. Like it's been getting results at a higher clip than any other deck in, in the format. And so now Wizards is having, there's a, actually a banning announcement tomorrow. I'm excited to, to find out what it's going to be. But they have to look and say, okay, there's people who spent hard-earned dollars on these cards because we printed them. Right. All right. If we ban these things and it hasn't even been a month, that's not good for cu- customer confidence because we've got to realize this is still a money maker. Okay. This is a right. business. And so if I'm a, a member of the magic community and I'm buying all these sets from, from Wizards of the Coast, and every time I buy one and there's a super powerful card in there that's costing me, maybe one card's costing me a hundred bucks. Okay. And then if I invest in that card and they ban it, then it's not worth anything. And so it's one of those fine lines that it happened to me early on, man. I bought, I bought a card and back in the day, early 2000s, late 90s maybe, that was back then it was like $25 a piece and I need to have four of them for the deck that I played. So that was $100, man. I'm a kid in high school. That's a lot of money, okay? Mm-hmm. I just get these cards and then like two weeks later they ban them. Dude, I went on a break from Magic for like probably a year after that. Yeah, just because they're worthless, right? I mean, they're okay. Yeah, because they ban them in modern too, so they're not seeing any play whatsoever. So sometimes if they ban something in standard, you're okay because at least you can play them in these older older formats, so they might maintain some value. But this card, unfortunately, is still banned in modern, so you can't even play it there. I wow. mean, give you an example. I just purchased a um, collection from one of my good friends that's getting out of Magic for now because he's going on to like get his own business running and stuff like that. Um, I'm going to be purchasing this thing for $4,500, man. Holy cow, dude. I mean, it's, it's big, it is big money. Like it's a big money card game and this isn't to intimidate anybody to get into it. That's just a big collection for me to get. And I have the opportunity to get it. How many cards are in that collection? (sighs) Man, there's thousands, thousands thousands of cards and, and really the collection is worth probably over 10 grand, but you got to find somebody who wants to put that money down. And then he also wants to keep it around here. That way he knows he can play anything he ever wants to play. If he's wanting to play, you know, with me getting it. And so you'll develop some strategy and and select the cards that fit that strategy. And it's just random. So you can't, you know what I'm saying? So you're saying Phoenix. You can can have four cards of the, you can have the four of the same cards in the 60 card deck. Okay. So, but am I saying you got a Phoenix Nexus of fate and all these different. Yeah. But you can, piecemeal whatever you want together and still call it phoenix if you have the phoenix card in there 
Yeah, if you want to call it that, you can. I, I'm more of a deck brewer myself. I don't go with the mainstream stuff, and that's kind of how I've had my success of playing Magic. Is now with internet and all the information, how fast it yeah. is, man. You can go on these tournaments and you can see what decks have per- performed the best. And so what I've always done is I go on there and I look at what decks has performed the vet best, and I know all these players want to play those decks. And so I build my own decks that beat those decks. Yeah. And so that's kind of what I've always done. Like, give you a perfect example. Everybody's on a deck called Vampires now. Well, if you were listening to the Top Deck Podcast, plug, I'll do my own plug there. Uh, or if you want a Salty J stream, I was I built the Vampire deck like the first day you were able to build it. And it was on my Discord. I have a Discord that I put all my deck list on. And so I built this thing, right? Well, almost card for card, one of the professional Magic players built the deck almost card for card man he's already ranked number one on arena. <laughs> oh wow so i mean that's the kind of stuff i look at i look at what's out there what are people playing how can i attack it how can i beat it and sometimes it is just right to play the best deck and just be a better player but i have fun with building my own stuff yes yeah, that's, that's what we had fun with too growing up is Especially, too, when I was playing it, we didn't have a lot of the internet, so we built a lot of our own decks, with the exception of when you found out about, you know, Vice and Rack, yep. and then, of course, um, you know, the Elder Dragons, a couple others, you know, we, we built around some of those cards, but we more built our decks around a card or two versus, you know, okay, these couple of cards were, you know, these, like, 10 cards work great together. Let's build around that. You know, we're yeah. just see that happening more with the deck. Well, and they, and they call that synergy. Like you want your deck to be complementary to each other. Cause you never yeah. know what piece of it that you're going to, you're going to draw, man. It's all like, look, unless you have cards that tell you specifically, you can go get something or you just draw a ton of cards. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, back in the day, man, like you said, there was a, a magazine called scry magazine. I remember and it. so if you had scry yeah. magazine, that's the only way that you could uh, determine how, how uh, much your card was worth. It was like a Beckett magazine for baseball, mm-hmm. but it was for magic. And that then once every month, you got to see what the top competitors in the world were playing. And so then once you built that deck, man, you'd build it in, in your local shop and stuff. You'd be playing really good. And then next month, the whole meta had shifted. It, it has yeah. changed. And so it was on a month basis. But with MTG Arena right now, the meta is literally changing every day. Like sometimes, oh, wow. sometimes even before then. So, so this is as fast paced as I've ever seen this game, and I've been playing it for twenty years. It's a great time to get in if you've never played this game. It's a, it's the best time in the world to ever start getting into Magic. So when you're playing online, you just, I mean, how do they know you have that card? Everybody, you don't matter what kind of cards you got in real life online. You just can play online's with, a whole different collection, yeah, man. You just can select your own. Yeah. Deck. So you start a, you start another collection. And so MTG Arena is free to play. Now, if you are using the free aspect of it, it's going to take you longer to start getting these cards because you got to go through like different gameplays and you earn rewards to unlock them. Somebody like me, I'm competitive in it. So I went ahead and put a little bit of money into the system. Um, and so I'm able to basically build any deck that I want. If I feel like playing aggro one day, I'll play aggro. If I feel like playing control, I can do that. Um, so it, it really opens up your options and you don't have to have like I got a whole table full of cards right now, especially after my buddy bringing that collection over here. Um, it just makes it a whole lot easier, a whole lot easier if you want to start playing. And it teaches you how to play. So I'm looking here online and I'm seeing this kind of like every other card game in terms of the cost. So there's two markets. It looks like probably one for just the powerful card. Then you got the collectors. And it looks like one of the uh, the rarest card ever bought, the Black Lotus. Yep. Eighty seven over eighty seven thousand dollars for a card. That's probably a Gem Mint ten or something like that. I mean, you got people. There's a, a um a format called Vintage. Okay, this is like the Alpha and Beta sets. This is stuff like when it, the game first started in ninety five. Okay, not the yeah. most super powerful stuff, but it's just you have to have these cards that were printed at this time. People are playing a card game on a tabletop and their decks are costing like $25,000 while they're playing it. Okay. That's crazy, man. But to I mean, if you're winning a hundred grand, that's, that's worth it. Well, that's not even a format that's even doing that, but say you're playing standard right now, a, a top deck could cost you like $600. Okay. I mean, it's expensive. Just to buy one at target was 50 bucks. 
But I mean, if you're playing <laughs> aggro, the aggro deck though is going to cost you about eighty bucks. So I mean, there it just depends on how what you want to play and how far you want to go with it. What's the most common one? Most popular one? Uh, the most popular deck. Well, the new set just came out, man, so it's changed. But I say last season, the most popular deck was an Esper Control slash mid range deck. Okay. So Esper, they have different guilds that they call these things. So there's five colors of Magic. There's blue, red, black, white, and green. And so each of these colors represent different elements, like uh, red or mountains. That's going to be more aggressive, more more aggro-oriented. White's going to be more like you're in the light. You know, it's got kind of a theme, like that's the like good the guys. Way. Yeah, yeah. like or they have laws, like they're ruling, you know, rulers. Uh, green's going to be like earth, elements of like forest and stuff like that. Water, blue is going to be water, um, stuff that it controls the opponent most of the time. And then black is going to be stuff that makes you sacrifice things that like hurts their self, but gains incremental inc- yeah. advantages. And so it just depends on what you want to play there. Um, I'm more of like, I like my green decks. Like I'm a, I'm a green mage. Um, so there's like Esper would be white, black, and blue. Whenever I say Esper, there's all kinds of different names in the magic community, man, with like different color combinations and stuff like that okay. that you're playing. But but the three color, the blue, white, black deck was probably the most popular one. So for a learning curve, it sounds, I mean, you might, you know, I guess it just depends how much time you want to spend on to it, but you've been doing it for years. Would you say, not just when I, when I ask this question, um, are you still learning something new every day and not just, oh, this is the new meta, but like, are you learning? Oh, I didn't know that that was a rule. Or you mean are you learning? Yeah, that man, kind of because stuff? I'm learning it now, especially coming back because they've changed. They change rulings all the time, and so like I was playing a modern event in Pensacola, and I was playing a. He was probably like 13 years old, like a kid, you know. Oh, you gotta watch and him. So I'm sitting there playing, and I went to go make a play that back when I was playing competitively would have been fine, and so I go to make the play. I'm like, hey, man, that's permanently gone. Like I was trying to permanently exile something he had on the battlefield well then he's like no i don't think it works like that i was like that's the way i've always read it worked and so we call the judge over and the judge rules in his favor saying no that's not how it worked and so i ended up winning the game anyway luckily it didn't cost me the match and so afterwards i went to the to the judge i was like hey man how come that doesn't work anymore that's how it used to work and he goes no if you read the card now they changed the wording on it and so they don't want that effect to happen anymore and so I read the card and I said, you know what? If I would have read the card, I would have realized that. And in Magic, man, it's almost sometimes it's like looking at like a lawyer's book or something like a lot because you have to read the word and it's got to read a certain way for it to, to act a certain well, way. What if you had the old card? Would it have played? No, because they will say that since they've changed the ruling to apply all the text in those older cards the way it's supposed to be now. Yeah, it would okay. fall that way. Um, yeah, th- that's that's a good uh, that's a good thing because I remember playing, and anytime I played a card and was reading the card, if I didn't take the time to read it, it burned me so bad. Oh yeah, and you have to read it not in a mind frame of how you read things, but how you would think everyone else would read it, and that's what really gets you because it's not your perception of what it what it is; it's what you know should be a general consensus perception of it, and so you've got to really read those words. Hmm. just to the point otherwise it can really mess up your play and i mean yeah, these judges go through me so like, times. these judges go through a strenuous test to to be able to be a judge man because they have to learn all these cards and what the interactions do because if they make rulings then that's how the tournament's played out i mean yeah. i've had times where i've been playing uh here locally and back whenever i was playing i've been playing the game so long i usually know how interactions work and so i'd have somebody there that i've been playing longer than that was the judge for the night you know they're just trying to help out the shop and i appreciate them for that but they would make a ruling man i would get on my phone and i would call wizards of the coast and put them on a speakerphone to get the real ruling on it um just because i mean if you're playing for money or you're you're doing something competitive you want to make sure it's right um and i'm a super competitive person man and i was super competitive back then i'm getting a little bit older now you know so i want to start giving back to the community yes i want to start going pro and be competitive and all that kind of stuff but really it's about this next generation that's coming up man that's that's still playing the game and keeping it going um so i'm having fun in some other other avenues now 
So what's next? So where can we expect to hear about you next? I mean, what, what tournaments do you got in the future? And kind of, so when you say go pro, is that a full up title or is it just me? No, that's all I do because I make enough money to be pro. So going pro now would be, uh, basically you get an invite to be on the MPL, which is the Magic Pro League. And they pay you, I think, $75,000 a year. And you have to like stream a certain amount of hours. And basically you're like ambassadors for the game. Okay. Um, you're streaming, which $75,000 a year is not very much in this day and age. Okay. So oh, it's not a really about all the money. I mean, it's good. But you money, got don't sponsors and all this. That but are pay that, you too, that's right? the other kicker. And that's where I was going with this. It's not about just that. It's about picking up sponsorships. Like, if I'm streaming and everybody knows that I just won the Mythic Championship, now all of a sudden Red Bull might want to sponsor my stream yeah. or Monster or something like that. Um, Star City Games, which is a huge retailer in the gaming community, no matter where, what game you play. It's about that kind of stuff too, man. And then also the travel and stuff that you get to do. Like, um, For example, if I would have got top 1,000 this latest uh, MTG, MTG Arena tournament, then I would have qualified for a tournament that if I got top 16 in, then I'm going to like Barcelona or somewhere like that. And I'm on the pro tour. Wow. All right. And so if I two go tournaments, the, you did, if you'd have done good in two tournaments, you all of a sudden you're now on the pro tour, you're on the pro tour. And if you get top eight there, then you're like locked in. And oh, so wow. like it's, it's the opportunities out there for big players. The guy who actually won the mythic championship this past one, a couple weeks ago, he qualified via MTG arena. And so it's a, and like I said, man, the guy, the guy who's got second has been a magic pro for years and I'm streaming and I'm in mythic. So I'm, I think I finished like top 96% of players on the whole planet right now. Wow. I played this guy and I beat him too. So, I mean, I've, I've played against some of the better people in the world and I beat them, you know, it's just trying to get that next level. Yeah. So, so you got a couple tournaments you're lined up or yeah we have one this weekend i don't know if we're going to be able to make it's in pensacola it's going to be a modern tournament and that's what they call an iq which if you win if you uh win that then you get invited to um a big tournament that star city has called an, an invitational and if you win that you're talking about big money and big notoriety and all that kind of stuff yeah. um so we might be going to that one i know for sure i'm going to vegas in august so that's one that's coming up. Um, and then anything that's close by, man, we're trying to grind these things out and try to get one of these invites. And then the online platform, too. Like, I'm still in the new season now trying to get that top 1,000 spot. So how many pros are on the tour right now? Uh, 32. Oh, gosh, dude. That's just, so is that like a, top, a capped that's out tight, number, or yes. can they keep adding to it? No, they can keep adding on to it, man. And Magic, Wizards of the Coast had put out an announcement that they are officially an eSport now. And oh, what, awesome. what that means is, is you're going to start seeing more tournaments. Like there was a tournament called uh, Red Bull Untapped. So Red Bull has already sponsored a tournament for this thing. And so now it's all about just trying to qualify for these events and, and getting on one of these bigger stages, man. Because once you get on a bigger stage, there's no telling what can happen. I mean, you have to be when you win a tournament. And, and look, I've I haven't officially won tournaments yet. But I've been in top eights and I've gotten second place. And any time that I've had these runs and any times that my buddies had these runs, you have to have some kind of luck with you. If you don't mm -hmm. have any luck, that's going to be a long day for you. Yes, you want to make the right decisions and have, have your place go up to par, but you have to have a little bit of that too. Because you have to draw the right cards at the right time. Yep. Yep. If the cards aren't falling in your favor, they just they you get burned. No, I, not, many times playing it. Just, exactly. Exactly. It just, it, it'll it'll eat you alive. I mean, if you're drawing nothing but land, <laughs> we call I mean, that man screwed. Yeah. Oh gosh, Jeez. I can't tell you how many times I've had that happen. Or like I you mean, don't you draw just, enough land. Like that's exactly, a big problem. Yeah. You can either be mana poor or mana rich, and you don't want to be super mana rich because yeah. that means you can get nothing but land in your yeah. hand. It's just yeah. terrible. So. Where, where can we find you, man? What is uh? Where can we hear about where where you're going next? And I'm sure you're gonna be back on here at some point. Yeah, man. Um, so if y'all want to, y'all can check out the Top Deck podcast, and it's on Anchor, it's on uh, Google, it's on Spotify, some other things like that. Um, if you want to see me personally, whenever I'm playing the game, and I enjoy having new f uh, followers and stuff like that on Twitch, it's Salty J. It's S A L T I E underscore J. Um, twitch.tv you can find me there and man we'll play some different things we'll 
you know, go over where the next tournaments are on our journey. And we're just going to try to do the best we can, man. I like, this has always been a goal of mine and I'm very passionate about it. And it's something that uh, my wife is supportive in. That's what you got to have too when you're trying to do this. Um, and, and we're not going to stop until we get there, man. So we'll have all of his links posted below for y'all too listening. So, you know, don't worry about trying to write them all down. Yeah. Well, cool dude, man. I appreciate you being on here, man. I look forward to hearing about, uh, how well you're gonna do yeah brother i appreciate you having me too man i'm, I'm happy for y'all i'm glad the podcast and everything is going great for y'all because uh you're you're an awesome dude and i hope everybody's enjoying the gaming stuff man because this it's a very passionate and very fun thing to do and they say even with magic the best part about magic the gathering is the gathering <laughs> well cool so yep uh off the beaten path a little bit here with the magic the gathering this time um we are going back old school with the next one uh, for the H&K podcast. We're going to do uh, the 80s racing games. We're going to have some Rad Racer, some RC program, and some Excite back. Uh, Excite bike. Excite. I can't even say it. Excite bike. And you know, I don't even know. Okay. Yes. <laughs> excite. Finally, Excite bike. You know how long I've been bugging Hollywood know, about yeah. doing Excite, excite bike? This is going to be a blast. So we're going to have all three of those in one great podcast, kind of like we did the 80s movies and the war games. Uh, take it back to form and uh, have that out for you guys and try to get some more retro stuff. I know we've kind of uh, changed it up a little bit here, which is great. Uh, it's fun to do. Be on the lookout for my Mario Kart beta. Yeah, sorry. Look out, be on the lookout for my Mario Kart beta. I got it all squared away. Going to be dropping it soon. Uh, I broke, broke a file, so get, get lucky me. I had to go back and repair it. And then uh, also going to be dropping the E3, my thoughts on the E3 and everything like that, since I stayed pretty tight with it. Some good stuff there. And then, too, um, be on the lookout. We're going to start talking about uh, some Borderlands eventually, too, because Borderlands is coming up sooner rather than later. You know, that's September 13th. It's not that far away now. Yeah, talk about some magic, man. It'll be magic if those uh, E3 and uh, Mario Karts ever come out. So, <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, that'll definitely be magic, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm going to give you a hard time. All right. That'll put another one in the books. Appreciate you guys joining us. Take care. Take care, everybody.